Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 and 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer. I'm with the front office news. I'm J.T. Smith, editor-in-chief of the front office news. Now, fellas, we're here, man. We have a fully loaded sponsorship deck for this season, uh, which I'm super, super excited about. And to think that, I don't know, a month or a month and a half ago, we had a, a Zoom conference and we talked about getting potential sponsors and we came up with this whole sponsorship document and we have sold out of everything, man. How amazing is that? It is It is honestly amazing. Think not only was it, like you mentioned, a month, month and a half ago that we were sitting there planning this documentary and then fast forward as maybe a month and a half later. And here we are filled all of our opportunities. So I'm really thankful and blessed to have the opportunity to work with all these uh, businesses and companies that we have partnered with. For sure, man. To piggyback off that, man, it was just like a thought and we were like, uh, we, could, we could do this. And then boom, to see, you know, the uh, acceptance, you know, of the podcast uh, even before it really got off the ground was pretty cool, man. And just um, um thankful for all the businesses um, that want to partner with us. And it's pretty dope, man. Uh, I'm excited about it. And also uh, for any other businesses that are out there, there are opportunities with the front office news um, yeah. to sponsor. So yeah. they can feel free to reach out if they would like to be a part of that. And also the Bearcat basketball podcast that I have, I'm looking for some more sponsors as well, but it was just great to see. We, we kind of put it out there in the, uh, the, you know, the social media stratosphere and um, Taxley came aboard as our presenting sponsor. They were the first ones to be in. So shout outs to uh, the good folks at Taxley with Russ and uh, Nisha. Um, and then our big O sponsor, our Kenyan sponsor, our Twyman sponsor and our food sponsor um, all came in shortly after that. Now we're going to announce all that stuff here pretty soon who our different sponsors are. Um, and we're going to do that probably uh, sometime this week. Um, now, another thing that we discussed was in order to kind of set the stage for this podcast, we thought it would be great to have the head honcho, mm -hmm. Wes Miller, on the podcast to kind of start things off. And JT, I think it was your idea. Um, Why do you think it was important to have Wes as the, as the first guest? Uh, just because, man, basketball tip-off talk, right? Who's the perfect person, the perfect person to kick it off, right? You know, they want to hear from us, but to get some insight from the head guy right off the rip, I feel like it was a no-brainer for us to use our resources to make this happen. And, I mean, I'm happy that we were able to get that done, man. No, no question. Neil, any thoughts? Yeah, I think it was a great – great way to start off this podcast obviously everyone knows not many people get to see what West Miller is actually like off the court and as the season approaches as we are five days away I mean what else would you want to know and hear from so it was great to have Wes and uh, get him on the, the podcast to kick off this season yeah I think it's cool um, the folks are getting ready to hear this interview uh, we kind of ask some different questions um, some things that you don't normally hear in a press conference and kind of dive into Wes's personal life a little bit. So here's our interview 
with Bearcat head coach Wes Miller. Uh, this is Alex Meacham. Uh, thank you, coach, for uh, taking your time. I, listen, I know you're busy. Busy as all get out. I mean, the demands of college basketball in 2022 is insane between recruiting, 24-7 recruiting, NIL practices, games, building relationships with your players, demands of the school in terms of donors, dealing with the media. Uh, and, and I'm sure I'm missing like eight other things that you do. And it's, it's a lot. But one well, thing that I want to give you high credit. The, the most but the, the most demanding things dealing with with you as a former player I mean you didn't have that one <laughs> no, no uh, I, it, it's coming <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming actually it's a great great segue and and I want to give you I want to give you really high praise coach um, for your ability and, and your staff's ability to connect with former players and you and you guys have done it so quickly it's been very genuine and you've been so inviting to all of us former players. And so my question is, where does this plan of alumni engagement come from? Was this something that stems from the UNC family, something you've developed at UNCG, a combination of both? Well, first off, I appreciate you saying it, and it, it has been really important to us um, to engage and embrace and try to try to build some support from that foundation of former players. Like that's been important since the first day that I came here. I, I think it's important to recognize, you know, why was Cincinnati attractive to me? You know, growing up in North Carolina, my whole entire coaching career was at, at UNC Greensboro, right? So in that area, area of the country, you know, the, the first thing that excited me about the job is the way that I viewed Cincinnati basketball since I was a kid. And, and you know, so why is Cincinnati basketball, you know, viewed nationally the way it is over history? It's because of the things that have happened here year after year over 70 years, right? Whether it's Oscar Robertson or whether it's the national championship teams in the early 60s and it almost went back to back to back or yeah. um, in my lifetime, it's the, the Huggins era and the teams you played on coach Cronin and his team as I'm getting into coaching. And, you know, so like, one of the reasons why I was so excited to try to get this job was because of how I viewed Cincinnati basketball, but Cincinnati basketball is who it's it, who it, who it, it's what it is because of who's come before us. And that's the players and the coaches that have been here. So like, why would we not embrace that? It's why we're excited about it, you know, at least coming here. So like, that's, that's probably has a lot to do with it. And then really fortunate just to be taught the right way. Um, you know, being at North Carolina under Roy Williams and, you know, being able to build a relationship with Dean Smith while I was there and seeing how things were handled there, you know, how former players were embraced and celebrated, you know, that's how I was taught. That's kind of what I know. And so we tried to do the same thing at Greensboro. And I thought we did, uh, I thought we had a culture of that and obviously at a mm -hmm. lower level, but a family environment where everybody felt a part of it. And we were really proud of it. And so, you know, I think it's a it's a lot of that stuff combined. But mainly, man, Cincinnati basketball is this exciting thing to me before I even ever step foot here. Because I used to watch Kenyon Martin and Nick Van Hexel and Corey Blunt and, you know, Alex Meacham when he checked in the game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, well, why would we not embrace that? It's what it's what excited us about it before we even walked through the door. Well, Coach, you're, you're, you're doing a tremendous job, and I just want to thank you for engaging with me. And I, I'm just a 
walk on from the 90s. And uh, you guys have made me feel as important as Kenyon Martin. So thank you. Thank, thank you. Um, hey, Coach, this is uh, JT Smith checking in. To kind of piggyback off what Alex asked you about um, just making a family environment, um, some carryover that I see is you hit the ground running, you know, um, you've been recruiting at a super high level. Like, my question to you is, like, what are you selling to these young men? Because when people leave here, I feel like you see a lot of engagement and you guys are doing a heck of a job, you know, just um, from the current class of freshmen and then the couple guys that you have for the current ne next year coming up. Like, what, what are you selling on the Bearcat brand that's just people are loving? Well, yeah, thank you. We're excited about our recruiting and excited about our future recruiting. Um, yeah, I think first and foremost, we sell what we just talked about. We sell this is one of the greatest programs in the history of college basketball, that there's tradition of winning, a tradition of excellence. So we talk about that first, right? There's a foundation here for great success in college basketball. We talk about there's a fan base, there's a community in a city that's behind this program and this university and how unique that is in college athletics, right? I mean, how many places in college athletics uh, are in a major U.S. city and with, without a pro team in that sport? And then the city is so integrated into the campus and into the athletic department. I mean, that's so unique. So we talk a lot about that and we, we do gain a lot off of a just the fan base and the alumni and the, like the former players and that type of thing. Uh, so we talk a lot about that in recruiting. We talk a lot about our identity in recruiting. Like we want to attract people that have shared values with us. So we talk a lot about, we want guys that play with edge. Like we want guys that are uber competitive. We want guys that love basketball and love the process and the work every single day, you know? So we're, we're trying to find those guys and then we're trying to sell that that's who we are. So we're, attracting what we're selling that type of thing and I think when you do that you find like what we always say is we want Bearcats right and I think anybody that's a Bearcat fan knows what a Bearcat looks like you know they might look you know, different heights different length different athleticism you know they like but a, a Bearcat plays a certain a certain way on the basketball court they play with a certain type of fire and edge like we're looking for that in recruiting and we're selling that in recruiting and then and then ultimately you know, there's a number of things, but we are selling that family environment, right? Like there's going to be a personal touch here. We want people that want to be a part of it. Um, we want people that want to be a part of the direction that our program's going in. So those are some of the main selling points. And of course, there's quite a bit more. Yeah. Hey, Coach, Neil Meyer here. Talk about the uh, season's upcoming in five days. Just talk about how that transition has been like for you from year one to year two. Well, it's year two, you know, year one, as I, I've said this so many times now, I mean, it's guys, it's wild. Like when you're, you know, transitioning, you know, whether it's putting a roster together and you guys know this looking back on it a year and a half ago, there's like three guys on the roster the day you get here late in the spring, you know, so it's not like you're walking in and trying to coach a new team. You got to put a team together in a really short period of time. And that's that's difficult in its own right. At the same time, you're trying to put a staff together and you're trying to learn the environment that you're in, not, not just not just like the community. Like you're not just trying to learn like Cincinnati. You're trying to learn like who do you go to to talk to compliance about compliance? Like who do you go to to talk about equipment? Who do you go talk, talk to about 
facilities. Like you're trying to learn just the environment in the office because you don't know anybody. So there's just so much chaos, you know, in, in year one, trying to get through that transition. You know, year two, obviously your feet are on the ground. There's some foundation installed. And so that aspect of it is very different. But our sense of urgency to try to figure this out and continue to take steps, it's its no different, right? There's been a fire in our ass since the day we got here and that thing's burning brighter than ever now. So there's still that crazy sense of urgency, but just some awareness of what's kind of going on around you and some things established, that's probably the biggest difference. Coach Alex Meacham again, and uh, there's a quote that I like to say that I think describes what you've been doing and what you will, I think, continue to do here. And that is, in, ordinary to, in order to have extraordinary results on the court, you have to have extraordinary relationships off the court. And I've noticed this with your players. You know, they have a genuine love for you. And I don't know if you remember this, but after one of the games last year, I think it was the end of the season, um, back towards the locker room area and Abdul and I are talking and you walked by and, you know, you hit him on the chest and you said, Abdul, man, great, great job today. And Abdul looked at you and he said, I wish I had met this guy a long time ago. He says, man, I love you. And you said, I love you too. And that to me right there was super powerful. And if you could talk about your ability to connect with your players and what are some of the things you try to do to engage with them? Well, oh, that. Really appreciate you saying that. And gosh, I, I hope that we love each other. You know, I that when when I don't play a couple of them next week, I don't know if you'll still feel that way. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you, you know, but no, I like in, in all honesty, um, man, I I love young people. Like it's it's the part of the job. Like we're all crazy competitive. So I mean, we wouldn't coach at this level of basketball if we weren't sickly competitive and didn't like the high stakes and didn't want to be at the highest level. Like there's an aspect of that that we all love as coaches. But I think the the part of the the job that makes me feel purpose and meaning beyond that, beyond the competition, is just being around young people and being a part of their their development as players and as people. Um, and I, I, I love that. I love being around young people that are – on this mission and this path as college basketball players uh, and those relationships that I've been able to form over the years have been, you know, one of the most important parts of my life and the part of my life that makes me feel like it has some small meaning in this world. So I love that part of it. I, I, I hope I'd like to think that I absolutely love all the guys that, that we coach, you know, I, I hope they all feel that love and, that they feel some love and care on the other end as well. Um, you know, it, it, I, I don't know if that's the case or not, but certainly that's the goal. And that's how it, it definitely feels, you know, internally. Uh, but as you know, this man, coaching, coaching is real love because you got to be demanding and you got to hold people to high standards. And that doesn't always feel good, but I do yeah. want our guys to know that it, it's coming from the right place. And I, and I think, Coach, you know, for example, I mean, obviously you've got to give tough love. And you talked about this at the 92-93 uh, Elite Eight when, when, when they were honoring the, the team and Coach Huggins, and you said something that you would like your players to have the same sort of, you know, love for you like Huggins' players have for him. Um, and, and that comes with, with tough love. And let me ask you this quick question. With, with Jeremiah Davenport, obviously him losing his father, which, you know, was a 
big part of his life and his development as a basketball player. You've got JD losing his father. And, you know, there were struggles last year. And obviously um, some of those struggles come from, you know, losing someone as important as his father. So how have you built that relationship? Because I know you've had tough conversations with JD. And how have you really, you've got to break down some things in order to have those tough conversations. Well, yeah, first off, yeah, that, that's, that's always the most striking thing to me. You mentioned Coach Huggins, right? And like listening to the way that you guys not just speak about him, but, I, you know, when I watch you guys interact with him, you know, the way you guys view him, you know, to me that's the ultimate goal as a coach, that if your yeah. former players view you in that, and I don't even want to try to explain it, but you, you know what I mean. Like when your former players consistently all – think of you a certain way, you know, in, in, in that admirable way and felt like you guys were that he was so important to y'all's lives and who you guys now are as men. Like that's the goal in coaching, even more than winning as much as we want to win and lose. Like that's more important deep down. No question. And so like, yeah, like that to me, I look at that and I go, man, I hope one day, you know, I can be in that realm in some way, you know, that type of thing. So that, 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 that's, that to me, if anybody asked me the most impressive thing about Bob Huggins that I've learned since I've been here, I knew about the winning, you know, but like that to me is what's really stood out. You know, and I'd say the same thing about Roy Williams or Dean Smith, you know, it's got guys that were mentors of mine. Um, so like, no, I, I think that's really neat. But this morning, you know, Kyrie Thompson, name would mean nothing to any of you guys. He played for me at UNC Greensboro, texted me this morning. James Dickey played for me at UNC Greensboro, FaceTimed me yesterday. Like the, like, those are the things that just make coaching something that's totally different that I don't think the average person understands. And, you know, that, that is what it's all about in the end. Um, but you talk about JD, you know, I, that he lost his father a week before I got here. Uh, so I never got a chance to know his dad. I didn't know JD before, you know, or I didn't know JD when he had his father in his life, right. I've only known mm-hmm. after. So I, I can't I've never, like to, to act like I totally understand it or uh, that I can totally relate to that. Cause I'm really fortunate that my father's still alive and in my life. Um, but number one, like with any of these guys, you know, you try to build a genuine relationship. You try to really understand guys and figure out how you can help them and, and be in their lives. And I'm not saying I do that as good as I should. I'm just trying to, and JD's relation and I's relationship, I think is a really strong one. I think it's really positive. Um, I've been so impressed with his maturity and development in the year and a half that I've known him. And, and like you said, I mean, how difficult is, you know, if what I understand, his father had a huge presence in his life. He was a huge figure in this community and in his own house. Absolutely. So I like, I can't even imagine what that must be like to deal with that and then deal with it in the pressure of being, a hometown player in Cincinnati when your dad yep. is a huge figure in this community and a huge basketball figure in this community. Like I can't even begin to understand that. So I think we all should step back and admire JD, you know, for not only, you know, what he must be dealing with, but how he's matured and handled it and improved on the court for sure, but off the courts more what I'm talking about over the course of the, the last year and a half, I think it speaks a lot to his character and all we can do is, you know, coaches or people in his life is just kind of be there to support him and let him know that he's got loved ones around him. No question. Hey, Coach JT Smith checking back in. Um, 
on a lighter note, you have a, you know, the grit and grind of recruiting, trying to scheme up, uh, getting ready for games. So we know those days you probably are up 25 hours a day, not 24. Um, what does a normal unplug day look like for you? Like, what do you do with your free time to kind of relax and so you can give your 100% during the season or a day when you kind of feel like, oh, man, I, I need I need a little bit of energy, you know? <laughs> unplug day? We didn't have one of those. <laughs> I know you don't get many of those, but what does when you can sneak one or even if it's a sneak a, a half unplug? Like, what's what's the unplug where you're like, all right, I need to just de- de- deconnect uh, from the world for a quick second and then come back to everybody, right? I get your question for sure. Hey, no, I, you know, listen, I, there's, I have other interests. People think all I, all I know or do is basketball. Cause I do love basketball guys. It's like the passion of my life. Um, and so I'd be happy if that's all I did all, all day, every day, but I do have other interests and I just don't necessarily get a lot of time to, to, to spend in those interests. I really love to play golf. Uh, I've played less golf as the head coach at Cincinnati than I played in the previous uh, you know, year, like I, it's been a while. Like I barely played any golf since I've got here. My handicap is, her index is, has been, is going in the wrong direction. <laughs> um, and, and so that's, hopefully that's good for Bearcat basketball in the future, but I do love to play golf. If I get a chance, I just like to be outside. I, it's my way I can compete when I'm not on a basketball court. So people say I'm not the most fun guy to play golf with, cause I'm pretty serious. I like to <laughs> compete and gamble and that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, if I can just, if I don't have time for something like that and I really want to disconnect, I, I love going to the movies. I like going to the movies by myself. It sounds kind of, people think that sounds sad, but I like that just to get away and get lost in a really good movie. Uh, what's the last, what's the last movie you saw? Top Gun. I heard okay, that. What'd you think? You know, I, I, you know, you got to, we, we grew up, Meech, you know, top, like, oh, yeah. original Top Gun, man. Like, that's, that's up here. Man. That's up here. And, but, but I thought it was entertaining and it was a good, it was a good way to go to the movie theater and disconnect. Like, I, I really like doing that or uh, I really like to read or listen to a book on tape. So those are kind of the ways that I disconnect. I, I do listen to a book on tape almost every morning as I'm getting ready and kind of having my, my hour or so to myself to get, get my, thoughts right in the morning or exercising um and i do really enjoy reading but during the season i listen more than i read just because how much other stuff we're doing what time what time do you get up in the morning coach if i have if, if i'm on a routine and you guys know this it's hard to get on routines when when you're traveling and games are you know you play a game at nine o'clock one night but if, if i do get on a, a when i'm on my routine i like to get up between six and six thirty and exercise and try to get in the office by eight 30. And I really do enjoy those mornings. Like, I think that's where I kind of center myself, but it's, it's hard to stay on that all the time and coaching. Uh, you know, if you get it, get in really late from recruiting, I'm, you know, get in two in the morning, I'm not getting up at six, right. I'll sleep in a little mm-hmm. bit. If we played in a game at nine o'clock at night or seven o'clock and we grade the film until two or three in the morning. But when I'm on those routines, six or six thirties, when I'm at my best. So, Coach, obviously this team has a lot of potential in scoring. Has How has this offseason been like? Have you been able to kind of have that competitive balance with guys like Landers and JD, like in terms of shootouts, or are you still known as the best shooter in the gym? Mm. Personally? Oh, I'm the best shooter in any gym I'm in. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, you guys can put me in the gym with, with J.J. Reddick or Ray Allen or – 
you know, Steph Curry, I'm going to think I'm the best shooter in the gym. So I, the guys know that that's how I feel. But the, the the competition level for shooting is definitely better this year. And if, if we're going, if we're competing in there. So question, I'm, I'm going to get in there. Have who Has anybody beat you in a shootout this year then? No. 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 And and now we haven't done a ton of it because, uh, you know, guys, I've spent most of my time coaching. But I did hit two free throws to end practice the other day. So you guys can, <laughs> you can ask them about that. All right. That's that's coming up in the next in the next presser. Whoever whoever's there, they got to get that question asked. Ask them. Just say, you got they couldn't end practice to hit two free throws. So finally I said, I, guys, I can do it. I haven't taken a shot all day. I stepped up and knocked them down just so they could they know, you know, that type of thing. Hey, hey, coach, that makes me want to ask this question. So let's say we've got 2006 West Miller. That was your last season at UNC, correct? 2007. Yep. 2007. Was that, were you at your best at 2007? Was that your, was that, was that the best West Miller? My best college season was 2005, 2006. Okay. And, and that, I think I shot 44% from three that year. Um, and that, you know, started that year. And that was my best college season. My senior season, a guy named Ty Lawson came in as a freshman and a guy named Wayne Ellington came in as a freshman. So my senior year, the number one point guard in the country and the number one shooting guard in the country came in and I went back to coming off the bench. Okay, and you guys can can certainly understand why. I think Wayne just this is his first year not in the NBA since he went there in 09. So, I mean, that Jeez. just tells you how good he is. And Ty Lawson was a borderline all-star at one point. Um, so that that was my best college year. But I think the peak of my playing career, just like it, nobody knows it, but I played overseas my uh, a year after college in England. And then my first two years after that in coaching, I was an assistant coach one year at Elon and one year at High Point. And I would practice with the guys every day. And I think those – you know, two, three years after college, I think that's the best I ever was as a player. Uh, you know, you just get confident and, you know, you're a little older and a little smarter and that type of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's take, let's take 2006 West Miller. How would 2006 West Miller do on this Bearcat team? You're coaching 2006 West Miller. Do you start? Do you come off the bench? What are you doing with 2006 West Miller? Mm-hmm. All right, listen, the way we've been (laughs) – number one, I shouldn't start, and I shouldn't be able to get in the game because these guys are so much more gifted than I am, okay? You know, that shoot, I I don't deserve to play over any of these guys because they're all better players. But the way we've been defending – the last couple weeks, <laughs> I might play 40 minutes. Okay? I'm a, I might play 40 minutes because I was going to guard. I was going to guard and I was going to put my body on the line. Um, so, I, you know, listen, I, I always kind of felt that, and this, that's funny, but I, I listen, these guys are way better than I ever dreamed to be in, but I always felt like this. And I'm sure you were the same way, Meech is a player. Like when you're undersized and you're giving up some athleticism, you better have a, a certain level of toughness and edge to make up for those gaps in talent. And I, I probably, uh, I probably had more of that than I needed to have, right. <laughs> probably more 
and was healthy. So I always felt like I was a heck of a lot better than I was, but I think that helped me compete. And so I'm never going to sit here and say I wouldn't play because I'd have found a dang way, but these guys, <laughs> these guys are better players for me and that's good for Bearcat basketball. Yeah, for no, sure. no question. No question. Well, coach, uh, thank you for your time. We know you're busy. You've got a million things to do. So uh, good luck this season. And uh, I should be at practice uh, maybe tomorrow. Try to swing through, check things out. You know, you know, former guys are always welcome. We had the three guys from the 61 and 62 teams here yesterday. Oh, uh, really? So that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool when those guys they got they got banners hanging. That's pretty. It's pretty neat when those yeah. guys stop by. So yeah, come on, uh, come on by anytime. And thank you guys for letting me go down memory lane today and remember that I could actually. <laughs> no, no problem. Now we're gonna definitely uh, bring that up for those free throws up. So just hopefully they don't get pissed too pissed at us on that one. All right, guys. Have not a, a problem, one. coach. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, folks. Yep. Thanks, right, coach. Have a Take good care. One. Great interview with uh, Wes Miller. Uh, <laughs> I really loved hearing him talk about, you know, his playing days. And a lot of people don't know, like, you know, Wes may not look the part, like I don't maybe look the part compared to a Ruben Patterson, a Kenyon Martin and those type of players, but Duke could absolutely play, man. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and then the question about shooting at the end was gold. So yeah, <laughs> I, I knew it was, I knew it was going to go there because he's so competitive. And like, man, like, so it is great. So, you know, I, I'm excited. I was, happy about that question and response we got for that i know people that listen to the pod will will love that like if they don't love anything else i think they will have a blast at probably replaying that segment yeah what was your favorite part neil what was your favorite part neil i think our favorite part is when Wes still knows he is the best shooter in the gym on any given day even from some of the guys he's played with in college whether it's been guys like jj reddick and he's mentioned some of his former teammates ty lawson I think uh, to know he was able to shoot the ball at a 44% clip at one point during his college career at one of the most predominant college basketball schools was pretty cool. Yeah. I, you know what I really enjoyed, too, was to kind of get his insight on what he's selling to recruits. Yeah. I mean, this guy has really taken a deep dive. And his staff, too. His staff deserves a lot of credit. Oh, for that. They have sure. taken a, right? They've taken a deep dive into Bearcat history. I mean – learning about former players, learning about the history and learn about, the, you know, and, and help people learn about what's going to be the future of Bearcat basketball. I, I really enjoyed, you know, hearing this conversation about that. So I'm, I'm sure Bearcat fans are going to love this. Also, um, coming up on November 7th, which is Monday at 10 a.m., we're going to release uh, episode uh, number three, which will be a preview for the Chaminade game. And then we're quick turnaround. We're right back on Thursday, November 10th at 10 a.m. with our preview before the Cleveland State game. Man, we've got – hey, listen, we're, we, we're hitting the ground running. We, we've got a lot of, <laughs> lot of podcasts to do. You guys ready? I sure am. For sure, for sure. We'll, we'll make it work. <laughs> and I'm also excited about uh, at some point here soon, we're going to release an interview with David DeJulius. And I think it's cool to hear the perspective of Wes Miller, then get into some games, and then hear the perspective, the mindset of the leader of this Bearcat basketball team on the court, and that's David Julius. Sure, man. It's uh, going to be a real good one, man, especially the questions we'll ask. You know what <laughs> I mean? It won't be the normal mm-hmm. – 
press conference questions. It'll be something to learn more about the player, the person um, outside the court as well. We'll ask stuff about on the court as well, but um, just just thinking those outside of the box questions, man, I'm I really interested to see, you know, a guy like Juice's uh, answers to those, you know, just what, what makes him tick and stuff like that. So I'm ex definitely excited. Yeah, most definitely. I'm very excited as well. Obviously, we have known Juice for the last two seasons now, and getting to know him off the court is going to be something that's going to be very interesting and fans would love to hear from. And I say an, an idea that I have. Let's let's say that we put out um, at some point on, on Twitter, let's ask the fans if they have any questions for David that we can ask him. You know, we can kind of dive into the minds of the Bearcat fans and kind of give them, you know, a little bit of insight that that they want to know about as well. Yeah, I think that that yeah, might be a good little touch. Yeah, it may. Be. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's no problem. We could definitely do that. And of course, we've got to give a huge shout out to our presenting sponsor, Taxley. Uh, shout out to Russ and Anisha Bailey. Uh, you can visit them on www.taxley.com. And fellas, listen. Um, we're going to announce these uh, sponsors uh, here pretty soon, who they are, what part of the segments they're going to be sponsoring, and we'll hit the ground running, man. I'm excited for all this. And um, once again, I want to thank everyone for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk, presented by Taxley. Go Bearcats! Go Bearcats!